Well, good afternoon, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us uh, for what's going to be the most amazing uh, webinar you're going to hear this afternoon. Um, uh, I would like to start by saying, uh, Woman Jekka, and welcome to today's uh, webinar, uh, The Power of Workplace Exposure to See What You Can Be. I'd also like to mention that this is a special uh, webinar that we're bringing to you in National Careers Week. Uh, obviously, National Careers Week is an initiative of the uh, AFSICA, the Career Industry Council of Australia, and aims to celebrate careers, career development, career education, uh, and career development practitioners. There are many events and resources available on the uh, careersweek.com.au website, so make sure you take some time to check this out. I'd like to introduce myself to begin with. My name is Amanda Stevens. I am the Product Director here at Career Services at Education Services Australia, uh, which is the umbrella organisation that um, looks after my future. And I'm joined today by Anne-Marie Long and Courtney Addison from Career Trackers and three members of the Career Trackers alumni, Tani, Ruby and Marcus. Anne-Marie is going to be our facilitator for today's webinar, and I'll introduce her very shortly. But before we begin, I would like to officially, on behalf of ESA, acknowledge the Eastern Kulin Nations, the traditional custodians of the land on which our head office stands, and pay our respects to elders past and present. We recognise and appreciate the traditional custodians of country across Australia and their continuing connection and contribution to the lands, the waters, the communities, and to learning. Today, you'll hear some beautiful and authentic acknowledgements of country throughout this presentation. And I encourage you now uh, to add in the location um, that you are joining us from today in the chat feed. So just uh, before we get started, a little bit about uh, my future. Uh, for over 20 years, my future has offered unbiased career information that assists with career planning, career pathways and work transitions by providing information for students, career development, around career development and additional resources for those who support or influence career choices. My future is just one of the many services managed by Education Services Australia, which is a not-for-profit organisation owned by all Australian education ministers. And other services managed by ESA that you may be familiar with include the Digital Technologies Hub, the Early Learning Languages Australia, the Student Wellbeing Hub, Girls in STEM Toolkit, Scootool and SKIS, just to name a few. So now it is my absolute pleasure to introduce our facilitator today, Anne-Marie Long. Anne-Marie is a proud bachelor woman based in Mianjin, working in her dream role as the program manager for the Career Truckers High School Program and National Coordinator of the Young Indigenous Women in STEM Academy in consortium with the CSIRO. Growing up in Jarawa country, Anne-Marie was the first in her immediate family to graduate high school and went on to study a Bachelor of Creative Industries in Dance, Journalism, Media and Communication at QUT. Anne-Marie's in her fifth year of working with Career Trackers. She's passionate about supporting young mob in their journey of turning aspirations into careers, knowing the value of opportunity and harnessing the capability of our communities. 
as the oldest living culture in the world with the oldest living scientists, teachers and doctors, Anne-Marie appreciates the commitment and courage it can take to embark on a pathway across these fields. So with, uh, with that, I would like to hand over now to Anne-Marie. Galangu Nin for that beautiful introduction. Really appreciate it, Amanda. Galangu Charlie, everybody. Nara Nara. So, um, as discussed, my name's Anne Marie Long. I'm a proud Bachelor woman, and I'm so thankful to be joining here from the lands of the Yagara and Turrbal nations here in beautiful Mianchen. Mianchen is a Turrbal word for the spike of the spear, so the spike of the city centre in other ways um, here in lovely Brisbane, Queensland. And I'm honoured to get to wake up to the sound of a kookaburra laugh every morning in Kangaroo Point. Um, been living, learning, thriving and growing on this country for the last 13 years after I relocated away from home in Toowoomba. I was the first in my immediate family to go through into high school, senior high school and on to university. And so I am so honoured to be in this role as the program manager for our career trackers high school program and to support our interns as they proceed into their journey of tertiary studies. Because I know firsthand it was really quite daunting stepping into the first uh, lecture theatre and having those conversations and my first professional workplace. Um, and careers are so broad and I'm so excited to come and celebrate our National Career Week with you all so we can hear from some amazing speakers around their different industries and disciplines that they're studying, working, learning and enjoying. But you may be wondering what is Career Trackers? So we're a national non-for-profit organisation that support Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander high school students from year 9 to 12 with career exposure and mentors in their industry as well as a safe community to learn a little bit more about scholarship application, job readiness, resume writing, interview skills, and coming together to create amazing friendships. We're also an internship program, which is, uh, you know, our program's been running for about 14 years now. Um, so well-oiled machine in regards to operating with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander university students and linking them up to paid industry internships. We have over 260 corporate partners that are there to provide students with uh, that paid exposure to different industries, all the way from you know, engineering to the arts, business, sciences, law and beyond. And outside of the internship experiences, uh, you know, not being a placement agency, we also provide high quality learning and development opportunities and create a community for students to come along, connect, share uh, and thrive together and learn from one another's stories. And so that's what today's all about as well, to celebrate the you know, careers week, but also to hear some stories from the amazing interns in our program. Uh, so I'm really excited to introduce our panel today. Uh, we'll be joined by the fabulous Courtney Addison, who works here in the Career Trackers family, Tani, and also Marcus and Ruby. Now, a really exciting part of our program is that one, three members of our program uh, have family within the program. So really excited to connect you with uh, Ruby and Marcus, who are actually brother and sister as well, to share on their, you know, stories, um, things they share in common, but also the different unique steps in which they they took. But without any further ado, I'd love to kick off and introduce uh, one of our first, our co-hosts for today's session, the fabulous Courtney Addison. I might hand over to you, Courtney, to share a little bit about yourself, um, your career. It's just always so lovely to hear from you. So over to you, sis. Thanks for joining. Uh, Weeaboo, everybody. My name is Courtney. Um, I'm a proud Waramai woman and I am um, 
grateful to learn and grow here in um, Bianchum on the lands of the Yugger and Turrbal peoples. Um, I currently live in Balimba, which is um, a, Yugger, um, a Yugger word, sorry, for a place of the magpie lark. Um, I'm actually quite terrified of magpies in full disclosure. So um, moving here was quite a shock um, when I learned that, but I have been protected by the Maggies and I get to wake up to their singing, which is quite beautiful. Um, and I get to walk down to Maywa, which is the big brown snake um, here in Brisbane in the engine with a kappa and I get to watch the sun rays dance and sparkle. Um, and I feel my ancestors and I also appreciate the connection and care of the Yagara and Turrbal peoples here. Uh, so as I mentioned, um, I'm a Waramai woman, so my mother from the Great Lakes region of coastal New South Wales. I'm a Koori girl, so you'll often find me in the ocean um, or in the bush. Um, I, like Anne-Marie, was the first in my family to go through um, to year 11 and 12 and graduate high school, something that I'm immensely proud of. Um, and I'm also proud to say I'm not the last. Um, my soulmate, my younger brother, got to um, go through um, and graduate year 12. Um, and I, when I was in high school, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do, if I'm completely transparent with you. I had all these passions. I wanted to be an astronaut, I wanted to be an actress, I wanted to be an architect, um, but it really um, came to me that I loved and adored my environment, my culture and my community and that's when I found a degree called social science. So I was fortunate enough to get a full scholarship um, and move five and a half hours away from my, my mob and my community and my country and I studied a Bachelor of Social Science majoring in development, uh, economics and sociology. Uh, really found that harnessed all of my passions uh, I loved going camping every weekend, so it made sense for me to want to preserve and protect my cultural connections and stories to the environment and to country. Um, but of course, I really love working uh, here at Career Trackers. It hasn't been a linear path, so I'm really excited to yarn with you today about National Careers Week. I feel like everyone could probably agree it's not a linear pathway. Um, for example, I've worked in a sushi restaurant. I've also worked on an alpaca farm. Um, and I currently work, which is a bit of a pinch me role. I get to work with um, the deadly students across uh, what we call today Australia. And I work as a uh, career trackers advisor in the high school programs and I have worked in the university program. Um, so I've met a lot of our deadly um, guests today that will be yarning on the panel. Um, and yeah, I love Career Trackers as it shares the passion for the self-determination and empowerment of my Indigenous community and getting to celebrate all the different careers that people have their interests and their passions are intertwined with and you see them spark like a light bulb. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm in a, a dream position today and uh, it's my absolute pleasure to be able to hand it over to the one, the only, Deadly Tani, if you'd like to introduce yourself, sis. Hi everyone, uh, my name's Tani. Um, so I'm talking to you from the Macedon Ranges area. It's the land of the Jaja, Warang, Tungurung, and the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung peoples. Um, so like Courtney, my, uh, my journey was not um, exactly linear. So I finished around, I finished high school around 2004. So there weren't the resources like career trackers then. Um, and so, um, I am um, 
in a position now with Career Trackers that I am doing a internship with the Walter and Eliza Hall Institute of Biomedical Research. Um, I've come a long way from um, doing a Bachelor of Arts when I first left school and making a few wrong choices along the way and um, building up a little bit of a hex, um, hex fees. Uh, and so a little bit about me, um, I am a proud Torres Strait Islander woman. I grew up on Jar Jar Warung country uh, and I am in my third year of a Bachelor of Biomedical Science. Um, and uh, I guess through career trackers, I was able to actually secure myself a scholarship that really helped me to finally make my way through this biomedical science degree. So deadly, sis. Thank you so much, Tani. It's always a pleasure hearing about you and your studies and your journey and can't wait to ask you some questions shortly. Thank you for your introduction. I'll now hand our fabulous microphone, our invisible microphone, over to the one, the only, Marcus. Thanks for joining. Hello, everyone. Hopefully you can all hear me. Um, my name's Marcus Trousnix, um, and I'm a proud Bunjalung and Waka Waka man um, coming to you today from the Yukonberg Kumbamere country, which is the Gold Coast, um, which is where I was born and raised here in Palm Beach. Um, for me, uh, I kind of knew that I wanted to be some form of legal practitioner right from the get-go in high school. So I guess that's a privilege um, that I've been able to have and has made things maybe a little bit simpler than for others. Um, I know that in high school, I, I made sure that um, I structured my, my subject workload around words and English language, not so much numbers because I just didn't like maths and science. Um, so you could catch me in all the history classes, English, English extension, and of course, legal studies um, back in the time of OPs. Uh, and so when I graduated from school, which I absolutely had uh, the best time at, um, at All Saints Anglican School in Merrimack, Gold Coast, um, I entered a bachelor's, a dual bachelor's degree of arts and laws at the University of Queensland. Um, and at a pretty interesting first few years of my university experience where um, I was opening a whole lot of new chapters in my life. Um, I, I came out as gay, for example, which meant that I was not that studious kid at, 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 at uh, school anymore who was maybe hiding behind some some academics and achievement but I could actually open up life and see what socializing had to offer um, and making lots of new friends and making lots of new experiences and memories um, and I suppose that along the way I kind of got a little bit disillusioned with what I was studying um, and I, I'd really lost that sense of vision about what I wanted to study that I had back in school so I almost there for a period at the end of my third year of uni, um, went to a Bachelor of Town Planning, which is one of my niche interests, but certainly probably, or probably not something that I would be practicing um, in the future as a professional. So I, I regathered my thoughts, regathered my ambition um, and stuck it to my degree. And I'm now in my final year at UQ. Um, and with the invaluable benefits of career trackers. I am now a paralegal at the global law firm DLA Piper. I'm a First Nations Youth Voice Counselor at the top tier Australian law firm King & Wood Mallisons. And I'm very lucky to be a research assistant within the TC Byrne School of Law, my school of law at the University of Queensland, working under Associate Professor Francesca Bartlett. So that's a bit about me. So deadly. Thank you, Marcus. I know 15 minutes and my cheeks already hurt from smiling, so that's a good sign. Um, you know, just take my hat off to you in so many ways for your courageous storytelling and sharing with our community of students, teachers, educators, um, you know, and the broader community. It's really amazing to hear your journey into uh, 
your position, your achievements today. So thank you for your introduction. I'll now hand over to the fabulous Ruby to share a little bit about yourself, sis. I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about you this afternoon. Hi, thank you, Anne-Marie. Um, before I'm going to say anything today, I'd just like to acknowledge the Turbal and Yagra peoples of Mianjin, like Anne. Um, I'm in Brisbane and also their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respects to their elders past and present and I'd like to extend my respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Um, like my brother, I am a proud Waka Waka and Bunjilung woman um, and through school, also loved humanities subjects um, to the point that I, of course, copied every single uh, subject that my brother just listed off then. Um, but I found that I was also leaning towards several other career paths and options and perhaps my varied interests and uh, energy to pursue them at different degrees of uh, energy and, you know, fruition would be the fact that I am now diagnosed with ADHD so I have had that my entire life but now I am aware of it um, and I think that there is a massive part of that that I can speak on later and how that influenced me but coming into your own in university as a whole kind of comes with knowing yourself and that's what I found ultimately my passion is advocacy. Amazing, Ruby. Thank you so much for sharing. And once again, for, you know, your vulnerability in storytelling. When we have these, you know, panels and we introduce ourselves, you know, here at Career Trackers, but also more broadly as um, First Nations leaders and speakers, we love to bring our full selves into the space, right? Because we know there are a lot of you who are watching and perhaps, you know, live with you know, different, um, I suppose, within your identity you might not always feel represented um, in spaces, whether that's the classroom, whether that's pop culture and media. Um, so it's really important for us when we're introducing ourselves, we, we love to bring our full selves into the space and, and share our stories of vulnerability and determination. So thank you all um, to our fabulous panelists for doing that in your introductions. So I'm gonna kick off with a first question um, that I have here for Marcus and you know, when I reflect on my high school journey in Toowoomba, I know I felt a lot of pressure, both internally and externally, to have my career next steps mapped out, right, even from as young as grade 10. What did that journey look like for you? And how did it, I suppose, take you to the path of your career today and that internalised pressure? How did you navigate that? Well, thanks, Anne. Um, as I think I mentioned in the, the introduction, I kind of figured from quite early on in my schooling experience that I wanted to do something in law. And that was kind of driven from a place of human rights and civil liberties and social justice, owing to the fact that um, I myself and my family come from uh, a bunch of different uh, minority backgrounds and being minorities, we have faced discrimination, privation, etc. So that has driven me in a direction of wanting to do something that can create substantive and concrete change. And I figured that with my skill set being more of a, a linguist and not a numbers person, that might be um, with law. Um, in terms of the pressure, I feel like high school for me, um, and again, this might be dependent on where you go to school, but for me, there was a sense of if you don't have a solid idea of the degree that you want to do by the time you're, you're sort of starting to midway through year 12, 
that could be a bit of an issue. And I have so many thoughts about this this whole issue in Australia, particularly of of young people having to decide exactly what they want to do so early. I think there is a lot to be taken out of the American university system where you have to do a generalist degree before doing a grad school professional degree. Um, and that is something that is implemented by, I think, Melbourne Uni to a, a larger or smaller extent. Um, but certainly I I faced that sort of pressure and need to 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 know what you're going to do a little bit better than others by by knowing that law was an option that I could do as an undergrad and having sort of mapped out my subjects pathway through high school um, and the extracurriculars that I was choosing to do through high school that would sort of tailor me to to best be fit for um, a law school program. Uh, so notwithstanding that sort of, you know, mid-university degree crisis that I had, um, I think that the work um, that I put in and the the attitudes and the reputation that I cultivated at school um, assisted me with getting back on track um, and uh, being able to be successful in a corporate workplace, um, particularly one that deals with the law. Um, it demands um, a great deal. Um, and I think that if you're not too sure what you want to do um, at school, a better, maybe, maybe the best thing that you could be sure of is um, what you're good at you know, the skills that you're going to need um, in the future, to, to, regardless of what uh, that, that particular field is that you're going to be using them in is. Um, so, yeah, I think in, in short, I, I there was pressure. Um, I think I faced that with some certainty about what I wanted to do. But I do think that there could be change um, on the horizon that is needed in terms of fostering a more holistic learning environment that doesn't push kids to make premature decisions about what they want to do before they're ready to make them. Oh, love it, Marcus. A woman to that. Thank you for sharing your insights and perspectives. Um, that's really, you know, vital information and also important, I think, for us all to know that pressure, um, internal and external, is part of all of our journeys and um, to humanise that and the steps you took to stay in your own lane and to stay motivated and navigating your own career outcomes. I'll pass over to Courtney, who has a question for one of our panellists. Thanks, sis. Um, Ruby, you mentioned, um, you know, in, in high school and choosing your senior subjects, which we know can be quite difficult in like mapping out, you know, your next two years and making those post-schooling decisions. And so my question for you um, is that you've always had this strong foundation um, and passion for advocacy, as you mentioned. Um, have you always been passionate about the field of your study, um, would be curious to know what that spark was for you to, to follow that pathway, um, and how did you find out about that field? Um, thank you, Courtney. And in school, uh, from year eight, absolutely not interested in law ever. Um, I was actually very headstrong that I was going to be a midwife um, and I was going to have my own business and it was going to focus and facilitate cultural births for First Nations women. Uh, so I completed a diploma of nursing in year 11 and 12, and then I completed first year of midwifery in university uh, at the University of Queensland. But through that, and I would say I felt very proud and independent knowing that I had made the decision for myself so early on. And so I read and I researched, but moving into that space in university, I was kind of hit with the reality of 
oh, hang on, so not everything is philosophy-based as I've read it, all these interests and why I thought I would value the degree um, wasn't necessarily reflected in practice and that was just my experience. It doesn't mean that it's across the board. Um, and there were some other factors, you know, adding in there as well. So at the end of that year, I felt like I was floundering and I felt like I'd hit a crisis and I was only in my first year out, which was a bit dramatic for me, but it is what you feel when you're stuck to that. So I spoke with my brother who <laughs> you just heard his experience and it was lovely to have that support there to kind of go, hang on, let's just step back, look at the picture. You're in university, people change, your mind changes. What do you, what do you like exactly as he did with himself? And I was always interested in writing and English as he was, but now I had found this passion of advocacy and women's rights that was actually still there in practice in parts that I experienced in hospitals, um, especially through uh, the Indigenous uh, Urban Health IUE. I think I've said that wrong. Uh, but I did a cadetship with them and I saw the advocacy that they were able to provide for First Nations women and I thought this doesn't have to just be limited to this sector. This can, this can translate and that's exactly what it can do. And uh, my brother said, I'll, I'll help you with the law aspect. Pair it with a writing degree. Um, and let's see how you go. And it's been the most incredible thing. I would never thought I would choose law or have law in my life, but it's it's perfect. Oh, that's beautiful. Thanks so much for sharing. Sorry, sis, were you gonna say something? Yeah, sorry, I was just the love heart eye emoji, um, as usual <laughs> in my own bubble world of hearing the students speak. Apologies, Courtney. Um, yeah, no, it's amazing to hear that journey, right? You know, and um, from your first year of university, it, got, it kind of stems back to that pressure you feel because even in your first year, it's just, oh, what have I, what have I chosen? How do I change this? But tapping back into your natural areas of passion, your personality, your interests um, can take you to amazing new heights that you would have never thought before. So thank you for sharing that, Ruby. Um, now, Tani, I have a similar question for you, you know, with regards to your studies, is that something you thought you would always be passionate about, something you'd always enjoy? How did it look for you, you know, finishing up year 12 and taking the steps into your studies today? Yes, so I had always been passionate about science. Um, so from an early age, I just remember there's always been illness, uh, like chronic illness in my immediate family, my extended family. Um, so it's always, I didn't realise it was exactly this, but I always knew, knew I wanted to know where this has come from and, you know, how the, I've later learned it was, I wanted to know the biochemical basis of human disease and what it looks like in health as well. Um, and I got to the end of year 12, like I said before, we didn't have as many resources on, you know, asking someone for like from career trackers or knowing someone that's been through career trackers before to give me this kind of insight into like, there is space for me as a woman, as an indigenous person that, um, you know, science can hold me in that space as well. Um, so it did take me a long time. It was probably until uh, maybe three years ago when I knew somebody that had uh, been in science um, and had gone through career trackers doing an internship um, that I found out that, like I said before, I'd already been through a lot of courses that weren't, they weren't science-based, um, they just weren't for me. 
Uh, it didn't work. I, like I'd built up this hex debt, um, and I was so scared to go back and try this science. Um, but knowing that I had career trackers as an internship, where I could actually be in in the space and uh, be able to experience, you know, and not fully, you know, know that I will get through the end of my degree and not actually be interested in it. So now having this experience of being able to be in the industry has just been incredible. Gorgeous, Tani. Thanks for sharing. And I, I'm getting this uh, a bit of a theme here around these cheerleaders that we all have in our life or, you know, whether it's our family, our friends, our peers that say, hey, you know, like, you're capable of this, you've got this and sharing in their story. And then a little light bulb goes off in our minds of, hey, maybe that's a bit of me and trialing it, trialing different things and seeing if they work. And for all our students and teachers on this call, you know, I think it's important when we share these stories and as is the times that we've gone down one path and gone, oh, I'm not quite a big fan of this. Let me try it here. And how the penny really drops um, when you find a degree or um, workplace industry that you're passionate about. So thank you, Tani, for sharing. That's lovely. Um, Courtney, I'll hand over to you, sis, for the next question for our panellists. Of course. Um, just want to say, crikey, what a deadly bunch of change makers and trailblazers we have here. Um, and so with all of your incredible stories that you've shared, um, we'd love to know who have been your greatest inspirations in the industry and why. Um, and perhaps how I cast this out is by alphabetical order. So Marcus, do you mind starting us off with that one, bro? <laughs> no worries at all. Um, I thought about this one and, you know, I think for me, the the people who have inspired me the most to sort of go into the areas that I want to go into and study the areas that I have, have been the the superstars of the Indigenous intelligentsia um, in this country. I'm thinking um, our, our family's cousin, Marcia Langton, very, very proud to say that. Um, her daughter, Ruby Langton Batty. Um, uh, Noel Pearson, Megan Davis, two of the, those latter two being um, Indigenous legal academics. Um, those people reading, reading their, their articles, their book chapters, their materials and listen, listening to them speak, particularly around this time um, of the referendum, is just, it fills me with inspiration um, because I look at that and I go, wow, that is some seriously concrete example of just like superstar intelligence that is just speaking to the rest of the country like look how smart our community is look how much our community has to offer um in the spaces of the humanities and social sciences in the spaces of the law you know megan davis being um a the constant the head of constitutional law at the university of new south wales and that's settler constitutional law, not First Nations constitutional law. So that should say something. Um, so yeah, I think it's, for me, it's for first and foremost, um, the the superstars of the sort of, again, the indigenous intelligentsia um, that, uh, that are my um, key inspirations. But apart from that, um, you know, the really, really good bosses and supervisors that I've had um, so far in my work. Um, my boss at DLA Piper, Tom Fotheringham, um, never ceases to amaze me with the kind of uh, warmth that he has as a senior, the, 
the guidance that he's given me over the, the four years that I've worked at that firm. Um, I know that Anne's nodding her head there as my former student advisor and someone who's had a lot of contact with him. Um, you know, it's I think it's as much the, the big picture people that we see who are, you know, somewhat celebrity status, as well as it is the people that we have contact in our own professional lives that can be equally as uh, on that plane of, of inspiration. So that's what I would say in answer to that question. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks, Ruby, you, sorry. <laughs> no, you're okay, Courtney. I'll let you go, sis. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, Ruby, do you want to answer that similar, you know, question around your greatest inspirations in industry? Yeah. Um, I will say that I'd like to echo what Marcus said, especially about um, our family members and especially about Ruby Langton Batty, also a First Nations lawyer at Ashurst. Um, I connected with her for the first time recently and it was so incredibly special, but um, it was very, it was very inspiring just to have somebody connected to me in a family sense, but also somebody that I have been looking up to from quite a distance on LinkedIn. Um, and then to make that, that double connection, it really filled me with pride. Um, and I would say then a little bit removed from the celebrity status of things would be my brother, who's also obviously on this call. Um, he has, I've always, always wanted to be my brother. Uh, always wanted to have the same achievements as him and it took me a really long time to realize that his achievements and mine might not always look the same but his perseverance and resilience and hard work has always been like a driving force for me uh, and making him proud that's just always something I've always wanted to do and I think that's kind of in turn informed making myself proud so I know that it not to sound vain, and I, I do not want it to sound like that whatsoever, but I, I do think that you should be your own inspiration a lot of the time because there's a lot of self-growth that you can go through. And if you look at yourself today versus a month ago or today versus 12 years ago, they're completely different people. And, you know, you can say, would you be proud? And I'm sure you would be. And, uh, you know, I'm just in, I'm inspired to be the next version of me that gets to meet incredible people like, in the CT community, um, students, colleagues through work and have different you know, influences come into my life that change me for the better. So that would be my inspirations. It's amazing, Ruby. I really love the way you frame that, sis. Thank you, you're right. We should always work to be our greatest inspiration. I think, you know, when we look around our dinner tables and we see our family and our peers, you know, our colleagues, and then the, that extra step, you know, the authors of the books that we read and reference in our school journey and university journey, our inspirations um, come in many different ways, but showing up for ourselves is really important. So thank you for sharing that beautiful comment. Um, over to you, Tani, I'd love to hear through um, your stories around your inspirational people in industry today. Yeah, so I've been so lucky to be uh, placed through Career Trackers with um, the Brain Cancer Research Lab at the Walter and Eliza Hall Institute. Um, and so my supervisor is so proactive in reaching out and working with Career Trackers. And she just makes so much space for me. Um, she is one of the laboratory heads in, um, the, in the new lab. Um, and she just has these amazing skills, like she's a project manager 
for an entire laboratory department. So she's writing grants perpetually. She has respect, patience, empathy, and the discipline to deal with all the different personalities and staff that we've got. Um, and she's managing all the budgets for all the, you know, it's just stuff that I've never come across or never would have thought, you know, like it's an entire ecosystem, this whole research laboratory. Um, and I also, I also am so lucky to have in my periphery, I don't work um, fully hands-on, but uh, Misty Jenkins is an Indigenous uh, researcher and she's a, she leads a lab in the oncology department as well. Um, and so I'm so lucky just to have her as part of the, um, the laboratory. Incredible, Tani. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, it's so incredible to echo you know, the great work of our managers and the role models that they are for us and the way they show up for us, um, champion our work and lead with best practice. So that's really beautiful. Thank you. Now we've got um, a final question for today's part of the structured questions. And then of course we'll open up to some um, that have been previously asked or asked during this conversation. And that is around, you know, a piece of advice that you would give to our viewers this afternoon on this call, perhaps for our students and perhaps for our teachers. Um, so I'll just follow around the virtual room in the same style that um, Courtney did. I love that layout in alphabetical order. Um, you know, a piece of advice, Marcus, for the students on this yarn and then for the teachers from your experience in navigating your career and what good looked like for you. Thank you, Anne. I think for the students, um, thinking about my experience as one which i still am obviously but in a university context now of course i think it's about trying to remain as calm as possible in a very hectic hectic and fast changing part of your life um there are going to be a lot of competing interests a lot of questions being asked one of which includes what are you going to do once you graduate year 12. if you can try to block out as much as an, of the noise surrounding you as possible focus on what you like and what you're good at and maybe thinking about you know a future that could harness those things i think that that will set you down the right path of making the right choices within a latter stages of school context um, but also making the most of your schooling time do extracurricular stuff um, you know involve yourself in different um, social networks it's different you know theatrical networks, musical networks, sporting networks at school, those kinds of the, the memories and the friends that you'll make there, you'll probably have for a very, very long time. So I cannot um, endorse those enough. I, I they certainly made the most of every opportunity I had um, and I'm the beneficiary of them now. Um, and for teachers, um, I think challenge your students where you feel like they could really benefit from that challenge. I know I did. Um, I say that, it, it might not sound weird for me to say that, but I say that because probably the most um, consequential teacher I had at school was my top stream English teacher. Um, and she and I had a really interesting relationship. Um, ultimately, in hindsight, it was one of utmost respect. But what this particular teacher did for me in school was she always challenged me to refine my writing. She challenged me to speak more succinctly. She challenged me on ideas. Is this really the path we want to go down with this essay? Is this really the path we want to go down with this reflection? And she wasn't 
sort of scared to take it to me, even though I was sort of like a big personality in the class. So maybe, you know, challenge the students that you feel like that would, that, where that would benefit them in terms of like their, their being a better student for the future. Um, but also try and make your classes as enjoyable and lifelong memorable as possible. I mean, I will never ever forget my history teachers. They were so quirky, they were so sensational, they were so fabulous, um, and they made the learning process so thoroughly enjoyable and engagement worthy. So, you know, I'm sure that me speaking to a bunch of teachers who know their craft and know what they're doing is, you know, it's one thing, but, you know, just from a student, um, if you can make kids love school, and make kids turn up to your class and want to love learning like my teachers made me feel, um, then I think that that's a great thing for you to be doing. Yeah. Beautiful, Marcus. Thank you for those comments. Agreed that passion for um, learning is so important. You know, admittedly, why I studied dance was because of a fabulous, quirky and passionate dance teacher who allowed us to feel so safe and was so excited to teach what she'd learnt along the journey. So that's a wonderful reflection. Ruby, over to you. Thank you. Um, I might do the same structure so to students. I would say don't forget that your dreams are allowed to change. And if they do, and if the career you're chasing changes with that, uh, it's it's okay, welcome the change. I just don't think that there's a better way to learn about yourself or what your unique skills and interests can bring to any kind of industry or society more generally, because I'm sure everybody will have some unique input and it's gonna make our world so much more beautiful to live in and I can't wait to see that. But also just, it's it's okay to do the trial and error and if a door closes, just be aware of your surroundings because another one's opening up and I like to always think that it just means that that road wasn't just, wasn't as exciting as the one to the right, left or occasionally behind you and that's, that's okay. As long as you've got a network around you that you trust to just be there and cheer you on through that. I think that's really important. Um, and then to teachers, um, again, I don't, obviously not a teacher and I have a lot of respect for the role that teachers play in our society. You are teaching the youth of tomorrow, quite literally. And uh, I do vividly remember my schooling experience. Um, I had a handful of teachers that understood me and I would say that I didn't make it easy because I wasn't even sure who I was at the time. And that's only been you know, of recent occasions, but I know that I responded the most to respect. And I know that, you know, there is that position of authority on occasions, but it, it does feel really good when you're a young person feeling respected and engaged with by your teacher as they engage with your academic and, in you know, brain brainchild of whatever you've created. And they put uh, an amount of effort into understanding why that's come out of you and your mind. And I, I remember so so vividly what that did for me. And it just lifted me up with so much so much passion about various different things. And it it wiped away a lot of the shame that I was experiencing through my own inner critic. Um, and I was very, very grateful for that. So that's probably that's probably my advice. Too deadly, Ruby. I love it. And thanks for acknowledging the inner critic that we all have sometimes and the role that 
people, you know, you surround yourself with and the advice that teachers have that play in mitigating that and supporting you in that next chapter. It's fabulous. Now, Tani, um, over to you, sis. Would love to hear a piece of advice you may have for students and teachers around navigating that career of the student's dreams. Yeah, I think Ruby put that really well, that it, it's not always going to be linear, and I, I can really resonate with that. It's just that I wish that I knew that it was okay that some doors close. Um, I didn't have that for a long time and it took me um, a long time to realise that the, that it is okay and like you said Ruby it, it just you know it means another door is opening and it's led me to such a beautiful place right now um, and um, I guess for um, what Marcus was saying about doing those extracurricular activities the more that you go out there and you can network with people and you know you just get such a a diverse idea and perspectives on what your future and pathways can look like. Um, and I think um, for teachers, just um, I guess just supporting students while, you know, if they do have an interest in certain subjects and they're not always doing as well as as um, as they should be, um, if they do have that interest in it, like I think just letting them know that there are different pathways you can take to um, get the support so that you can start, um, you know, achieving a bit better. And, and just because you haven't achieved so well in that space at that time, then there's still time later on. You'll still be able to pursue those things. Thank you, Tani. A really important message, definitely, when we're reflecting on our senior schooling journey. Beautiful. Well, I may now open this up um, if there are any questions um, from your end there, Amanda, or from the wider audience. would love to see um, any questions addressed to Courtney, Ruby, Tani, Marcus, or myself. Absolutely, we have had a few, and I'm just I'm just blown away with the messages of inspiration, and I'm I'm loving it. It's just fantastic. So thank you all so much for sharing that. Um, I guess uh, there was a question from uh, Natalie who was asking Tani specifically, uh, where do you want where do you want your biomedical science degree to take you? Well, I actually have a great interest in um, in this brain cancer research space that I'm in now, which I've, you know, I've only been able to experience. I wouldn't have gone down this path if I hadn't have had this internship and just been um, just randomly placed into um, the brain cancer research lab. But it's just it encapsulates so many different aspects of science. It's genetics, it's immunology, it's uh, molecular and cell biology. It's absolutely everything. And um, I do see myself um, working in, um, in academics, in research. I originally thought I'd go into medicine, but I'm definitely here for the research side of things now. Um, I also have a um, honours place kind of secured as well through WeHi. So, that's really, you know, it set me on this pathway to academics. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, I would like to ask, perhaps this is a question for Anne-Marie, um, for all our teachers and students out there who are listening um, 
to all the experiences that our panel, our participants have had today, which is quite remarkable to say the least. Um, how can teachers and schools become a part of this program? Can you just talk us through what's involved in, in that? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, well, we're really honoured here at Career Trackers to um, provide support to students and educators across this vast continent. Um, so on this slide deck, you'll be able to either scan the QR code to see our Career Trackers website, learn more about us, but you'll also um, be provided with my direct email and phone number. Something that Courtney and I have been really passionate about is delivering uh, during school time workshops for schools and students based off of their own unique uh, wants and needs in their classrooms, right? So there'll be some schools that say, hey, look, uh, it's coming up time for university applications or scholarship applications. Can you come and do a workshop with one of your interns around how to best apply for a scholarship? And I know firsthand that's something I really struggled with when I was in year 12, um, you know, being my own biggest cheerleader and as, as Ruby said, my own biggest inspiration, which is what a lot of these scholarships are looking for, that wording around, you know, what you've been able to achieve, what you're aspiring towards, um, how a scholarship will support you. So we utilise the stories of our uh, interns who have recently done the scholarships as well as um, the collective of knowledge that Courtney and I have gained over the years. We're also happy to provide senior subject selection workshops, uh, industry specific insights, i.e. a day in the life of a lawyer with Marcus, um, you know, just to tailor what, what the curiosities and interests are of the students and teachers. So please do reach out via email. Um, you know, we can make some time for a virtual yarn like this and then also uh, share some of the services that career trackers do provide. Another part of the Career Trackers program I'm really uh, proud to be involved in supporting is the Year 12 Pre-University Paid Internship Program. So what that looks like is any Year 12 students, um, right now they're on the call or you're thinking of in your mind as educators, um, they can apply for Career Trackers and get matched to an advisor, such as Courtney and myself, or our broader team across the continent, to support them towards a pre-university internship. That may be at one of our partners, such as Westpac, origin, a local law firm, to see what five weeks in the life of that industry look like. Um, you know, it's pretty amazing. And I just want to echo, there is no experience required for these internships. It is purely the curiosity, the willingness to learn, and then the further studies in your tertiary pathway um, that will cement that. And then lastly, uh, you know, with Career Trackers, I know we talk a lot about university. Our high school program is here to support students going into trades and apprenticeship pathways as well. Um, I'm the only person in my family in university, but that doesn't mean I'm the only person that's happy in my career. I have very accomplished um, young tradesmen as cousins who have achieved amazing, amazing things in their jobs. And we want to ensure that all students feel seen in what we can provide. Um, and we'll link them up as career cupids, self-proclaimed to the ecosystem um, that is out there in this country. I love it, career cupids, absolutely love that. <laughs> that sounds amazing to have that, um, you know, that, that diverse um, exposure there across all occupations, all careers. I mean, that sounds uh, amazing. So my next uh, question is really to, to everyone today um, around how do you think or what would be some advice around starting for, for our, this is advice for our career practitioners or our teachers who are listening today, how would you go about starting or commencing that initial discussion, that career consultation with young people 
uh, can you can you provide any ideas or tips or insights into the best way to go about that? I'll just throw it out there. Um, I can kick us off with that one. Um, so for Anne-Marie and I, as, as she mentioned, um, self-proclaimed career cupids, um, there's so much strength in, uh, in storytelling. Um, and so what's really powerful is talking with, um, you know, when we talk with our young mob, it's always surrounding what their favourite subjects are and what they enjoy doing on the weekends. And it's harnessing what they enjoy doing in those times um, and in that period in their life to then look at the drawing board of what careers can, can harness that passion or put those to practice. So for some students, it might be, um, you know, Billy really loves to pull things apart and put them back together. And that's a real light bulb moment for us because that sounds a lot like engineering. Um, so then we go to the drawing board and we're like, have you heard of this industry called engineering? Um, and then connecting with you know, people within your ecosystem, within companies that you may know of, um, you know, that could be local business people within your community um, and just having that opportunity to have a yarn, do some storytelling and hear about what sparks Someone's passions might also be what a student dreams of career-wise, which is really powerful. Um, but that's what I would say is a really good starting point is having those conversations around hobbies or things they like to do on the weekends. Um, what do you look forward to the most during your school day? Is it maths? Okay, like let's let's look at what opportunities would be within that sphere. Um, so that's what I would say. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Courtney. Just on that, so on, on my future, we do actually have the career bullseyes as well that, that focus in on uh, the particular subject or learning areas that students are most passionate about. So, for example, maths, you can click on the maths bullseye and there's a heap of occupations there to start that exploration. So, yeah, fantastic. Does anybody else have anything they'd like to add to that? Any other ideas about starting the conversations or even keeping them going? I mean, it's not just about starting these conversations, it's about maintaining them as well and making sure that students are supported, um, you know, uh, as much as possible. Um, I did have something to, to add. Um, I think that the um, having discussions with, with kids um, about what their interests are and what their skills are is is of utmost importance, 100%, so I'll definitely echo Courtney there. Um, but I also just thought that where, where possible and where able, um, getting people from industry or from universities in to speak to kids, you know, imagining like an auditor a couple of times a year where you're in an auditorium as a, as a grade year cohort, um, listening to someone from QUT, listening to someone from UQ talk about what they can study at that university or, if there's someone in the school community who works this profession or that profession, so they're really sort of accessible, or someone who's somewhat of a big name or a big wig in, in this industry or that industry, making available their time I mean, to speak to kids and talking about their experiences and their journey. I think that that could also really give um, students a tangible connection to a future, you know, and not just this abstract idea about what, I could do, but something that someone else has done, or oh, that definitely doesn't sound like what I want to do, or that does sound like something I want to do. Could I maybe see if I could map my journey around that or do something similar to that because I know that it's achievable? Um, I think that, yeah, introducing speakers is the simplest way to put it, speakers from either unis or, or industry to come in and have a chat to kids and field questions would also be really, really helpful. 
Fantastic. Yep. Wholeheartedly agree, Marcus. That's a great suggestion. Um, just conscious of the time, so um, I guess I, I would like to thank you all so much for your stories and your advice that you've given today um, for students, for teachers, for career practitioners online, um, Ruby, Marcus, Tani and Courtney and Anne-Marie, you're all amazing and inspirational people. Uh, the World tra Trailblazers has been obviously mentioned many times, change makers, making history and inspiring generations to come. I'm certainly taking away so many lessons myself that we hope to integrate into you know, our further career resources. Um, remaining calm, Marcus, is, I, I just love that in such a hectic period of your life. Um, focus on what you like and what you're good at is, is really a key message for young people. Challenging students, I think, is also so important and we've all got to uh, remember to keep that in mind. Um, and Ruby, I love the comment that your dreams are allowed to change. <laughs> Fantastic. And I think we are often our own worst critics, you know, at the best of times. And just to give yourself that forgiveness and that peace that, you know, it's okay. Our dreams uh, can change. And, and you're all proof of, of how, you know, how positive, um, you know, these, these uh, well, that dreams can change and that there are positive outcomes at the end of that. So, can't possibly thank you enough for, for all attending today. Just um, just very quickly, um, I wanted to run through, we do have some more free um, upcoming webinars uh, just for the people online who, who may be interested in attending these. So the details are listed there. We do have a webinar um, by Dr. Jo Gleason from Monash University on the 30th of May. Uh, and she'll be talking about the findings of her research in the area of career and uncertainty and anxiety and how young people are experiencing a lot of uh, anxiety and sharing a, uh, a questionnaire that can help young people to become more aware of their feelings associated with um, career decision making. Uh, we also have a webinar with Peter Shergold on the 8th of June who will go through uh, the insights on the progress made since the release of his report three years ago. Um, and he'll focus specifically on the critically important role of career guidance in schools and put forward some future expectations. And on the 15th of June, we have uh, a webinar with Professor Stephen Billett from Queensland and NCVER um, around enhancing the status of VET, uh, practical uh, strategies for schools. So given that uh, in Australia now 60% of the top 20 occupations in high demand nationally require skills attained by a VET pathway, um, I think this would be a really uh, fascinating webinar to get those practical tips and strategies for schools to attend. Um, that's it from us now. Once again, to all our panellists, you've been absolutely amazing. I can't possibly thank you enough. We wish you all the very best for your very bright futures. Um, and we look forward to seeing, uh, you know, the, the wonderful things, the bigger and better things, and no doubt your names up in lights or, you know, in the news. I'm sure we'll hear of you again. <laughs> but all the best for now. Thanks, everyone at home for joining us. Thank you, everyone. Thank you very much.